0: Welcome to another episode of Round 4 Brackets, the show that has your favorite movies face off against each other bracket style, to determine which are the best overall. This is our second, second holiday movie slash special show. If you don't find your favorite Christmas movie or special in this episode, listen to our 2021 Holiday Bracket episode, which was just re-released as a Spotify exclusive, full of holiday music added in for you. Not on Spotify? No problem. Just find it on Amazon, Apple, or Anchor to find out which movie reigns supreme as decided by four millennials last year. Those, unfortunately, don't have music, but you can still enjoy our trivia, fun facts, and hot takes. Now that that's out of the way, let's deck the halls, sing some carols, and be joyful together as we introduce our panel that will stock your stuffings full of holiday cheer. I am the author, Scott Barnes, and... As an added bonus for this episode, we have some holiday sponsors for you all that I have to bring up right now. So, the first holiday sponsor brought to you by Scott Barnes is for your Christmas, is brought to you by Cats. Cats, if you want your Christmas ornaments knocked off the tree, your cords pulled from the wall, and presents scratched open early, get a cat. Available now from Satan. <laughs> Mercy Warren wanted me to tell you that this episode is also sponsored by Yarn. Knit your Christmas or crochet your Christmas presents with yarn. Available in wool, alpaca, cashmere, silk, chanel, polyester, bamboo textile, hemp, novelty, worsted, nylon, rayon, or sunberg. You'll say, damn, there are way too many kinds of yarn. All right, Mrs. Lawson's sponsor this year is Alcohol. When you have to wrestle clothes on a struggling and uncooperative infant or a 34-year-old Mr. Lawson, drink alcohol. When you're hosting Christmas together and Scott Barnes decides to do his stand-up comedy routine, reward yourself with alcohol. If you had...
1: (laughs) General alcohol. (laughs) That is
0: correct. No name brand, just alcohol in general. If you had to be Mercy Warren's college roommate for an extended period of time, (laughs) then drink alcohol. Available now hidden underneath the sofa in the Lawson's living room. (laughs) And our final sponsor brought to you by Mr. Lawson is Herman's chip dip. When you can't find Lawson's chip dip because you hate circle K, can't find it overall anywhere else, or just don't want your stomach pumped afterwards. Then try Herman's chip dip. The only chip dip personally endorsed by the CIA. Herman's we're better than Lawson's get some today so your holiday guests won't be disappointed.
2: Just so many
0: things wrong with that all right thank you all so much for being here with us we have 16 new specials and movies this year that we will rank give hot takes opinions and trivia on to you all we also have some vip listeners who helped rank the movies beforehand as tiebreakers you can be a vip listener also simply by asking no money or subscription required just find us and uh You know, this on Spotify, you can just uh, put in your, you know, get in touch with us that that way. So unlike last year, there may be quite a few movies or specials that you're not familiar with on this bracket. We had a ton of famous ones last year, and this one is more specialized. So hopefully you check out these, all these films or specials on the bracket and enjoy them and find them on your own if you haven't seen them yet. So with that said, let's get into the show and please enjoy the episode.
2: Yeah, let me jump in. I feel like... Uh, these are kind of like the deeper cuts, cause like the, la- the one last year, probably like among the best, uh, what sixteen out there.
3: Yes. But okay. you know,
2: I feel like everyone kind of knows those movies now. I mean, I still listen to the podcast because there's a lot of great insight. But if you're looking for something like, you know, what I've seen all the big classic movies, I want to, I want to learn some more about the, the kind of like the, the the deeper cut movies. Here, here's a, this what the pod is kind of about.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I feel like we kind of pandered too much. To, to people last year. We did we did all the big name ones. Now you're gonna find some obscure ones or maybe some ones that you've uh, heard of but haven't checked out yet. And now, uh, as Mr. Lawson said, you know what? This is the, uh, how'd you say it? The, uh, the personal- The deep cuts. Deep cuts. Yeah. <laughs> well said. All right. So first up and leading off the bracket, the show and Christmas is Arthur Christmas which came out in 2011, starring James McAvoy, Jim Broadbent, Bill Nighy, Hugh Laurie, Imelda Staunton, Laura Linney, and Eva Longoria. So, the animators, fun fact with this one, the animators decided to make the character design feel British and quirky, and deliberately wanted them to feel unappealing when you watched it. (laughs) It goes up against the second movie on the bracket, which is I'll Be Home for Christmas, which came out in 1998 starring Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Jessica Biel, Gary Cole, and Eva Gordon. Eve Gordon. So another fun fact about I'll Be Home for Christmas is that also, although Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Jessica Biel play college students, they were both minors at the time they filmed this movie. So they're still like pretty young and in, I think technically in high school when they filmed it. So.
4: So Arthur Christmas is a very cute movie. It's been a while since I watched it. I did not rewatch it this year but I remember really liking it when I did watch it. It's very cute. I definitely picked up on the British quirky vibe that they were going for. That's very apparent. And the way that Arthur kind of saves the day at the end after being set up as the underdog throughout the movie is very sweet. And the fact that Arthur cares about the one child that was left behind is very sweet as well. Um, I'll be home for Christmas. I think it's a classic. We Scott and I watch it every year. Um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas's character—he does have a change of his heart, but for the most of the movie, he spends it being the worst person. He just wants to come home, basically, to be home on time to get the car, and like he, pre- like the things and schemes he thinks up. Like at one point in time, he pretends that he has like an organ with him, and like he pretends like he—I ha- forget—it's like a liver or something. He puts it in a box and pretends like it's for a donation. To try to get everything to go faster. Like, he's just the worst. So, but he, in the end, he realizes he wants to be home for his family and not just the car. So, I guess that's kind of sweet. Lawson's.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, Mrs. Lawson is, uh, you get in here. I'm sorry if I made you sound like an alcoholic in my intro. I know you're not one.
4: <laughs> oh, don't <no> worry, Scott. <laughs> Living with me is hard, though. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. Well, we'll be hosting again this year. Stuff. who knows maybe it'll be needed um <laughs> <Cool>. uh, <laughs> both, both these movies are good um we just rewatched watched arthur christmas and it's a good animated film it's different it's set in um so it has a different uh vibe and it's just uh, from like other traditional christmas movies and i just kind of like how it just gives you a different idea of what, how Santa does it, like, that night with, like, multiple elves and all the technology and kind of, like, it's not like a sleigh anymore. It's more like a, like a spaceship and it's kind of, like, has it zones out, so it's just going from zone to zone and, you know, you think, like yeah it can't be like one guy doing it for the whole world he has to have some type of technology going on and some help so it kind of gives like a different spin on santa but i i enjoy arthur christmas it does have some heartwarming moments and it's like the grandfather is helping uh arthur deliver this one gift that this girl got left behind with her bike and so they're trying to make it so everyone got a gift um so really, really good. And then I'll Be Home for Christmas. I remember seeing this in the theaters. Jonathan Taylor Thomas was like the teen heartthrob back then. So he's, you know, obviously a cutie. But I agree. Kind of like a, kind of annoying. But he does have a change of heart at the end. And he's accepting of his whole family. Um, so, uh, it's kind of got like a plane, trains, and automobile vibes where he keeps getting stranded and, uh. It, it's enjoyable
2: it's a good christmas movie so this is mr lawson i'll give you some for, for the movies and that have box office numbers on this list i'll give them to you so i'll be home for christmas uh made under twelve and a half million dollars at the box office wow. had a budget of 30 million dollars so
0: that bummed.
2: yeah so it, s- yeah it didn't, it didn't do well i mean i guess like it's it's still i mean the fact that we're still talking about it it's known I mean, so it um I mean, it's on Disney Plus, so I mean it's it's had some value, but yeah, not not the best at the box office. Um, I will say this movie, if you look for it like online, it gets pretty bad reviews on like Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I don't think it's as bad as everyone says. Like, I think it's worth a I think it's worth a watch. Like, it's it's a fun like you kind of you kind of gotta know what you're getting into when you watch it. Um, but it's a fun movie, so I w- I would actually recommend it. Uh, and then Arthur Christmas, real quick. Uh, it made 147 million dollars. Wow. This. So very successful movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I I didn't really hear about it when it first came out, and then I just saw it on Netflix. I think it was on Netflix at the time, and I was like, wow, this is actually a really fun. You know, kind of like a movie that like kids and adults can enjoy. I think it's funny how like he like travels across the world, and like at one scene he's like, you know, driving a sleigh through a city. One scene he's like trying to like avoid getting eaten by lions. There's just a lot of, like, comedy to it, and uh, it's, like, comedy and then heartwarming at the end, so it's, it's a fun movie.
0: It is really fun, and I like how they, they mistake him as an alien, too, at one point. That's really funny. They, they think he's a flying saucer, like, going mm-hmm. across the world. That's really funny. I'm really shocked about I'll, I'll Be Home for Christmas, because um, I did see a lot of the bad reviews on that, too, and I really like that movie. Um, usually... I'm, as we've said multiple times on this podcast, I'm kind of a Scrooge around Christmas time. There's not a lot of Christmas movies or music music I like to listen to, but I'll Be Home for Christmas is one of the few uh, movies that I actually really do enjoy watching around this time of the year. And I think it's really funny and uh, well done too. So as we get into voting here, um, both of these movies are really good. And I, I mean, I'm just going to vote for myself personally. And I do like Arthur Christmas, um, but I'm going to give my vote towards I'll Be Home for Christmas. Just because, I mean, it's I can still watch that movie. It 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 kind of reminds me of the '90s a little bit too. Just it, it seems like it wasn't that long ago, but just how the difference of a couple decades or a, like not too long in our life, how difficult it would have been <laughs> to get to you know back home or to make things you know without the technology we enjoy today. But just how difficult it would have been. And, and Mrs. Lawson made a great point too. It does feel a lot like *Planes, Trains, and Automobiles*, which I really enjoy mm-hmm. that movie too.
4: I definitely get the nostalgia vibe of I'll be home for Christmas and it is worth a watch. But my vote's going to go for Arthur Christmas. I know it's also
1: going to go for Arthur Christmas as
2: well. Yeah, Arthur Christmas for me, it's just a really fun, again, movie that like the whole family
0: can really enjoy. Yeah, and I agree with you. And, and it's not that I don't like Arthur Christmas. I remember, I think Mercy Warren and I watched this movie pretty early on in we our did. relationship. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I, I remember going in with low expectations for that movie and thinking it wasn't going to be good or I wasn't going to like it, but actually really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So
2: I think that's the same thing for me. I didn't like know about it at all. And I watched it like, oh my gosh, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah. All right. So Arthur Christmas moves on to the next round and we have number movies, number three and four now. And the third movie on the bracket is the Beauty and the Bees Enchanted Christmas special, which came out in 1997, starring Paige O'Hara, Robbie Benson, Jerry Orbach, Bernadette Peters, Tim Curry, and Haley Hallie Joel Osment, Osment, the kid from The Sixth Sense. Um. So this story is not considered canon by Walt Disney Animation uh, and uh, Disney lore. Despite having much of the same cast as the original movie, um, there may be several reasons for this overall why it's not canon. It was the first animated movie for Disney, by the Toronto Disney Animation Studio, and was actually their first product made there, uh, ever. It was also supposed to be a direct sequel to the original Beauty and the Beast with a much different story. The idea was scrapped overall, though, except for the finale of the movie with Tim Curry and the, uh, what was he, the giant pipe organ? Yeah, um, Maestro. Maestro. That was actually the same finale for the first movie, or for Forte. the sequel. yeah He's Forte. For, yeah. And the fourth movie on the bracket is actually another special. And it is a Garfield Christmas, Garfield's Christmas, which came out in 1987 or aired in 1987, starring Lorenzo Music, Tom Huge, and Pat Carroll. So Jim Davis is famous for Garfield, obviously, but it wasn't what he wanted to be famous for and it wasn't his first choice to make him famous. He wanted his first comic strip called U.S. Acres or also known as Orson's Farm to be the star show. NBC did not agree with that. <laughs> Garfield obviously went on to be huge. And US Acres did very well too. And I think it ran in comic strips at that time. It was unprecedented. It was over. It was in over 500, 500 comic strips around the nation. And I'm not sure, I couldn't really look into it if it became a TV show or anything like that or not. But um, it did very very well too. So we have Beauty and the Beast Enchanted Christmas versus Garfield Christmas.
4: So growing up, I watch and still to this day, I watch Beauty and the Beast and Chanukah Christmas with my mom every single year. It's campy, but it—I absolutely love this movie. It has some cute, really cute songs, and it's about Belle bringing back the magic of Christmas to the castle because the Beast bans Christmas because he is so just—he's just moody because he's a beast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of. Her mission to try to get everybody in the Christmas spirit. They go up to the attic and like get all the Christmas decorations. And there's an angel that sings a pretty song. So it's just a good, feel-good movie. The Tim Car- Curry part was, of him as the organ used to scare me when I was little. But it's just a good movie. I just watched the Garfield one for the first time this year. And it was actually really good. I was It had some good songs in it as well, which I was surprised about. And it was really heartwarming with the grandma and Garfield forming the bond that they did. So I would recommend giving it a watch. It is really, really cute. Lawsons.
1: Yeah, I we find the Garfield Christmas special on YouTube. I that I don't know if there's any other way to watch it, but I agree. It's worth a watch. Um I've always been a fan of Garfield. I grew up with an orange cat, so I was like a fan of Garfield and Odie. But it's a tearjerker at the end, Mm -hmm. basically like Garfield going to his owner, going to, and they go to visit his family at their, at their house where he grew up, and the grandmother's there, and she's like a character, and it's just like a really short, cute, special, um, with good songs. And then, Beauty and the Beast Enchanted Christmas, I never watched it before. Beauty and the Beast is, like, one of my favorite uh, Disney movies, and I know they just had the 30th anniversary, which you can watch on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. But um, like Mercy said, very, like, campy, very Disney, but um, enjoyable and very, like, good for the holiday season if you haven't watched it.
2: Yeah, so, Mr. Lawson, um, no box office numbers for the Garfield Christmas Special. Um, <laughs> I, I did find that View and the Beast and Chain of Christmas um, sold 7.6 million VHS tapes. Oh, wow. it's 1997. So, I mean, it definitely wasn't a, like a failure. Um, I didn't know. The
3: Garfield,
2: Garfield Christmas Special I had never seen until uh, Mrs. Lawson made me watch it, I think, last year or maybe I a couple know, years ago. ago.
3: Yeah. It
2: actually I actually really enjoyed it. Like, it was... Like, it was, like I said, short, just, like, kind of a good pacing of it. Uh, you know, I mean, it's kind of fun to, like, watch Garfield, like, if you haven't seen it in a while. It's just kind of like a like Garfield cartoons. It's just, like, a fun memory watching Garfield. Um, you of the Beast just isn't my super favorite, like, Christmas. It's not my favorite Christmas movie of all time. It's not my favorite, like, Disney princess movie of all time, really. I know they just had the ABC, um, like, kind of remake up it with her. Um as Bell. That was actually pretty decent. But it's just not my favorite of all time. Um so I mean, of the two I'd probably vote for Garfield.
0: Alright, jumping the gun a little bit there, but this is a season of forgiveness, so we uh we won't penalize Mr. Lawson too hard harshly. Um <laughs> but yeah, as we get into voting here, um Garfield was really nostalgic. I remember I hadn't I probably hadn't seen it in twenty five years or more. Um, so seeing it really brought back some memories and it, I was kind of surprised how quickly I remembered, you know, how much like in the special, what was going to happen. And it was, it was really heartfelt and beating the beast. Um, it, it was nice to see the original cast come back together and I'm a Tim Curry fan. I, I thought he did really good and the music wasn't too bad, but as we get into voting, I'm going to throw my vote towards Garfield, uh, the Christmas special. I think it's uh, really well done and just again to you kind of forget how good uh garfield was until uh bill murray came back a couple decades later and ruined it for everybody
4: so like i said the garfield special was really really sweet but am i the only one that was mildly annoyed by um john and his brother acting <laughs> like total children throughout the entire thing yeah yeah I, that is, a long I mean it was very very cute like i i really liked it i would want to watch it okay. again next year It's a short, fun ride, but his um, John Boy, I think, was the brother. Yeah, John Boy. And, yeah, they were just acting way too juvenile for their age, and it was mildly annoying. Um, My vote is going to go towards Beauty and the Beast, though, just because I have such fond memories of watching it growing up.
1: That's probably the reason why I vote for Garfield. I just remember watching it as a younger uh, kid, and I'm enjoying it now, too.
2: Yeah, I think because Mrs. Lawson was crying during the during the, the movie. I think I'm going to vote. I mean, as a I earlier, I vote for Garfield Christmas. Tim Curry was, I mean, I like Tim Curry in almost everything he does, so that's a really good addition mm-hmm. to Beauty and the Beast. Um, yeah, it but, yeah, it, like, as Scott said, it's just kind of, like, fun to just, like, watch a Garfield cartoon because it's, it's been a like years since I've seen it, too. And it's one of those things where, like, there's actually a really fun Garfield Halloween special, too. So that's a good, it's, it's kind of fun to watch the Garfield specials.
0: Yeah, we may not to have to watch that and bring it on for next year's bracket. For Halloween bracket. Anyway. So, as we get into the next part of the bracket, we see movies number five and number six go up against each other. And number five is the Netflix movie, Falling for Christmas, which came out this year, 2022, starring Lindsay Lohan, Chord Overstreet. Chord. Chord. Oh, yeah, I guess. Well, uh, I think of him as Chord. Chord overheated overstreet. Uh George Young, Jack Wagner, and Olivia Perez. So uh I guess I mean this was Lizzie Lohan's return to oh I'm well no I do I do that too. Oh, okay. I usually get my phone back first. Oh, okay. <sighs> Another penalty against Mrs. Uh, Mercy Warren here. <laughs> we uh, we're handing these out. Uh, that's a flag. That's a penalty. <laughs> so um this is like Lindsay Lohan's return to prominence, I guess, and to her acting career. And also her singing career. She sang a song in this movie. Um, but the the fun fact about this one is they used a camera trick at the end of the movie with the final kissing scene to disguise the fact that Cord Overstreet is actually kissing L- Lindsay Lohan's stand-in, who I think is like a famous... Uh, she's a stunt double, but she's also like a, a famous... Or semi-famous professional skier. Um, so that's the fun fact there. And it goes up against... Uh, another movie from 2022 in this and that is spirited which starred i think that was that a that was an exclusive was that an apple tv exclusive
4: apple tv and i think it did release in some theaters did
0: it okay um but that starred will farrell ryan reynolds octavia spencer patrick page Juanita manny and tracy morgan as the voice of uh ghost of Fr- christmas yet to come so, fun fact about this one is that Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds were each paid $20 million to be in this film. And the entire budget was $75 million. So, I thought that was kind of interesting that over half the budget went to these two uh, actors. So, Mercy Warren, what is your opinion of these two amazing, timeless, classic flicks?
4: <laughs> okay. So, this is going to sound out of character for me because I normally go for sappy, predictable movies. I couldn't watch Falling for Christmas. I really tried. I could watch it for maybe about 10 minutes at a time before it became so hokey that I had to turn it off. I made it about 30 to 40 minutes in the movie. I could not finish it unfortunately. So, that kind of tells you my feelings on Falling for Christmas. It's I just I could not get into it. Spirited, I actually I actually kind of enjoyed that movie. It kind of was all over the place like it made you feel a lot of things like it there was happy there was sad there was funny there was heartwarming and it kind of yanked you there like very quickly in between emotions so like it really was truly an emotional roller coaster of a movie and it was a little long for my taste like they could have easily cut it down by about 20 30 minutes and but overall i liked it the soundtrack does slap it pops off it does all those things <laughs> um i would recommend watching it if you haven't it's worth a watch but it is kind of long and drags in certain places so those are my takes on those two movies lawson's
2: all right so mrs lawson's gonna probably skip this round uh so yeah spirited i didn't watch the entire thing um i agree with you though uh, mercy bay great point it is like choppy and all over the place is like a really perfect description uh you know it's a will ferrell ryan reynolds which to me is, like, I was I was excited to see them, like, together, because they're very, like, I know they've done some, like, um, late-night comedy ske- sketches together, and they're just kind of, like, a you can tell they kind of, like, have a good relationship, like, off-camera. Um, and there's, a, like, again, like, very good, funny moments, too. Music is pretty good. And then there's, like, the Will Ferrell moments that just kind of don't land for me. So to me, it's, like, not, like, Will Ferrell is just, like, has such great movies and then he has other like just bomb movies and then he has a bunch of mediocre ones this is kind of like falls in the mediocre ones for mm-hmm. me like i i definitely would i would recommend watching it but it's not like one you'll be like blown away after you see it like it's like an all-time great comedy um and the other movie was remind me again i'm sorry falling all,
0: for christmas yeah, yeah. For
2: christmas, which i saw the whole thing of
0: <laughs> you um, poor bastard
2: me, it's, it's basically a, a hallmark movie exactly that, that had a like maybe an extra million dollar budget like just you know a little like a little better acting a little better sets than a typical like hallmark movie um the story i thought was actually it was okay to me again it's it's basically if you go into that movie like this is gonna be an upgraded version of a hallmark movie it's actually i think it does what it's supposed to do i mean if you're going like this is gonna be some great you know epic christmas film like it's not to me again it's you know, just a very classic. It just it just reminds me of a Hallmark movies so much.
0: Uh, but old hand I, I thought was actually pretty decent. Of it. Yeah, for me, like I I um I couldn't really get into it either. But from the parts that I have kind of seen it, it it felt like to me it was kind of like almost like a Saturday Night Live parody of a Hallmark movie where it's like this girl like gets on music, hits her head, and wakes up and discovers she's a princess and she's dating like Santa Claus and it's Santa Claus Prince or whatever, you know. Like, starring t- Cord Overstreet. Like, it just felt like <laughs> it wasn't for me. Um, that was pretty much obvious that it, this wasn't uh, a movie meant for me. But it's on the bracket, and it was apparently for some people because, I mean, uh, I mean, there are some big Lindsay Lohan fans out there. And it's it good to see her get back into something and kind of hopefully start correcting her life a little bit and get it back on track. So as we get into voting here, um, neither of these two me- movies are absolutely my my favorite um, Spirited was really kind of a, a last-minute addition. There are some really funny moments. I love that "Good Afternoon" part. That is just hilarious. That 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 made me laugh yeah. pretty hard. Like "Good Afternoon," what'd you say? <laughs> like, and it was kind of a twist ending. I, I mean, I kind of predicted that Ryan Reynolds was going to become the new Ghost of Christmas Present, but I didn't see it happening that way, actually. Um, but I'll have to get my vote towards spirited. I kind of expected more from Will Ferrell. And, and and Mr. Lawson made a good point. Like, when you have Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds together, and Ryan Reynolds right now is, like, top of the world with everything he's got going on, I expected a little bit more. This just kind of felt like another cash grab for both of them, that they didn't really care as long as they – I mean, they 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 came in. They did their job. they they They, you know, they performed. But for – I mean, it was obviously – it wasn't, like, a passion project. It was all about the money.
4: So I really wanted to like Falling for Christmas, but I just couldn't get into it. And I'm someone who loves Hallmark movies, but I just, I don't know, I could not get into this movie. I agree that Spirited was probably a catch grab for both of them, but one thing I'm not used to is Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds singing. So the fact that they um, did their own music and, and did their own singing, I thought was a good touch. And the choreography in Spirited that was probably what impressed me the most whoever choreographed that movie did a really really good job and they brought back um like tap tap dancing which you don't really see that much anymore a mix of hip-hop there's some lyrical and contemporary so the choreography is really good and my vote's gonna go to spirited
0: okay
2: and there was much rejoicing
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay so now this is voting um both mercy and i voted for spirited so over to the lawson's for their uh votes i'm
1: gonna go for the movie that i put on the bracket Fall for Christmas. i feel like it needs to get one vote but um basically it's just a very it's so cheesy but it's got a lot of christmas in it i mean it's would i watch it again no but i'm glad i watched it and i'm glad that um Lindsay levian looks good in the movie so that's always good and over street did a nice job playing the uh you know good uh, looking love interest too it's all about christmas so um i enjoyed it it was a good you know hour and a half uh, movie for netflix it's like an upscale like hallmark movie
2: uh looks like they had more of a budget but uh yeah if you haven't seen it give it a watch if you can yeah so i'm gonna throw my again both of these aren't like my all-time favorites but i'm gonna vote for spirited uh over falling for
0: christmas all right so spirited moves on and uh it's gonna have a hard time beating whatever movie comes out uh comes off of the final two movies in the first half of this bracket because movie number seven is the 1947 classic Miracle on 34th Street. So this movie was supposed to be on last year's bracket. But instead, the 90s version got in there by my mistake. I guess it was my mistake. We can blame Scott Barnes here. It sure was. <laughs> so here, by Pop- back by popular demand, is the original Miracle on First 34th Street. Uh, starring Edmund Gwen, Maureen O'Hara, John Payne, Gene Lockhart and of course young little Natalie Wood. So a lot of a ton of fun facts about this movie overall. But the favorite one, my favorite ones that I found here were are kind of connected in a, in a way. I I kind I made a weird connection. But the film received a B rating overall, meaning it was morally objectable in part. The score was heavily influenced by the Legion of Decency because Maureen O'Hara played a de- divorcee to them i say i wonder if they know what the little dutch girl says in the untranslated version of what when she's talking to chris kringle when he asks her what she wants for christmas she answered to santa that she wants nothing because her gift was being adopted by her new mother i thought that was really sweet when i read that too that was like like how can anything in that movie be morally objectable? Um, you know but it's a, that's a different era that i mean like uh, that's a, a different time period So, number seven goes up against the eighth movie on our list, which is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which came out in the year 2000, starring Jim Carrey, Taylor
4: Momsen?
0: Momsen, yeah. Momsen? Yeah. Uh, The little girl that is not a little cute girl anymore. She's pretty dark. (laughs) Uh, Jeffrey Tambor, Christine Baranski. Dang it. I knew I was going to mess it up. Molly Shannon and was narrated by Anthony Hopkins. So this movie was supposed to be more raunchy, raunchy overall, and Jim Carrey didn't like many of the jokes that were originally in there, thinking that they weren't appropriate for the age they were supposed to be for the kids. He ad-libbed many lines and jokes to make the movie more kid-friendly overall. He was also pleasantly surprised to find that director Ron Howard agreed with him and edited out many jokes that he didn't like either. But some were not cut, due to, the, to what they called studio interference, they would not let them cut out all their raunchy jokes. So we have the Grinch remake versus the original 1947 classic, Miracle on 34th Street. Mercy Warren, tell us how you feel.
4: So I really enjoy the 1947 version of Miracle on 34th Street. Um, I personally think it's better than the 1990s version that we discussed last year. I mean, it's the classic story of a cynical little girl Who meets a department store Santa, and she starts questioning whether she thinks Santa is real, and it kind of changes her opinions on everything. And I mean, there's the dark part where Santa get goes to um, a mental institution. But in the end, they with the thing with the dollar is so clever, proving if we believe in God, like the dollar says, why why can't we believe in Santa? It's just a very magical, heartwarming movie. If you go to the was it in the second one, that's in the first one too.
0: I thought it was different in the first one.
4: No, isn't it? Or am I getting my movies confused?
2: No, I think it's in the
0: first one, too. Yeah, is it's it? in the first oh. one. Okay. That seems like a pretty, like, risque thing for, in the first one. Uh, I can not remember that, though. Okay.
4: Yeah, I was going to say it's in the first one. Okay, I'm sorry. But um, if you go to the flagship Macy's store in 34th Street in New York, there's, there's Santa Land that stays up all year round. Of course, there's not Santa there all year round. But they have TVs where this movie is playing consistently and has like scenes from the movie and has like a script from the movie up there. So they have like a little homage to that movie because obviously a big part of it is Macy's and it's the Santa for the Macy's Day Parade and then the Santa that sits in the Macy's store. So here's talking about the cringe now. So here's what I find wrong with this movie. It kind of undoes, undone, undoes, undoes. We're gonna go with that. What the animated TV short does because in the animated TV short, the Grinch Steals Christmas in The Who's just kind of all go around the tree and still are singing because they know it's not about <coughs> presents already. So, like, they already know that it's not about presents and they just notice, hey, our presents are gone and they just move on with their lives. In this movie, the, the Grinch Steals Christmas, and they all, like, lose their marbles, basically. And they're like, it's all about presents. Like, it's like it it completely washes over the point that they already knew that it wasn't about presents. But and then like Cindy Lou, who kind of starts to figure it out. And then eventually the Who's get there. And I mean, I guess that's I mean, they have to fill up an hour and a half somehow. So I guess that's part of it. But I just I kind of like the idea that the Who's like wanted to get each other presents and they put emphasis on present, but they knew that it wasn't all about that to begin with, rather than how present crazy they go in the movie.
0: So I also want to say really quick, too, I remember the question was asked last year why Macy's wasn't um the store that they use in the remake and i remember that and just looked it up right now macy says it declined an in invitation to participate in the remake because it believes that the original is a one-of-a-kind classic that just gets better with age so that answered a question that we asked a year ago Makes sense. <laughs> Laws- lessons. um thank you
1: so beautiful sheet, this is also the version that i prefer um Actually, I had never seen it until a couple years ago when Mr. Lawson showed me uh, one of our Christmas Eve nights with his family. So that was really special, too. But so my favorite part is when they're in the courtroom and um, all the letters from the children start flying around the courtroom. I mm-hmm. think that's like towards the end, but that's like probably my favorite part. And then I'm fine with Mercy on this one. Um, the Jim Cherry version of the French is definitely not my favorite. I would give a nod to, like, I think the makeup and what they do, just, I think that's really cool, but, um, I don't really, I enjoy the animated, animated version much more than this one, and I don't really like the part where he's a little kid, and he's in mm-hmm. school, he's getting made fun of, that's just, it's, I don't know, it just didn't sit well with me, so, um, again, a new, like, been on it but it just wasn't
2: my favorite yeah so i'll give you the box office of this real quick so the grinch the you know the the jim carrey version made over 512 million dollars at the box office so wow. um really huge number <clears throat> uh so I, I didn't find the budget for that one about you know, oh budget was 75 million dollars so you know huge success <laughs> yeah um, the Miracle on 34th Street original had a budget of about $600,000, and it made over like $2.6 million. So I mean, obviously a whole different. That was like 1947, I think. Um, yes. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so both movies are actually pretty successful. Uh, I thought you guys made great points on The Grinch. Um, as you mentioned, Scott, it's like Jim Carrey is. I mean, Jim Carrey, is Jim Carrey, like he's pretty good in it. Um, he tries to make. He tries to save the movie. But as you mentioned earlier, like, the, it's like there's some raunchy jokes that just don't make any sense for a kid's movie, and it was like they tried to bridge the gap between being, like, a movie for adults and kids, and they didn't really pull it off, unlike how so many Pixar movies do, like, today. And then Mercy made great points where they kind of, like, didn't fit with, like, the original point of the of the story being, like, about just, like, giving, and instead it's, like, you said too much emphasis on the, on the presence, so... I thought you guys made great points there. It's just not – I think I might have added this movie to the list because I think it, it deserves to be, like, on the second tier deep cut mm-hmm. of these movies, but it's not my favorite. Um, and I'm going to join what Mr. Lawson said and the rest of you guys said, that Miracle on 34th Street, the original, is just a little bit better than the one the 90s. And I really like Natalie Wood's performance as the kid. I think she does a great job. Mm-hmm. She's not annoying. You, like, believe her. Believe the whole. I mean, the the guy who plays the Santa is great. I I just feel like the acting is really really great in it, and like Miss Loss said, the uh the mailbag scene is really good at the end. Mm-hmm.
0: It's kind of ironic now because I think they one of the quotes at the end of that movie is how proficient and uh, the post office is and, and everything and how well they're run and managed. And wow, what a difference! Uh, like eighty years makes or sixty or however long it is, eighty years yeah. now at this mm-hmm. point.
2: The View of the post office was
0: a lot more, a lot of higher, a lot of higher esteem back then. Oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> and, and the, they they weren't just. Pa- I mean, like now I feel like the the postal service is package first, mail is a secondary type thing. But uh, for anybody who doesn't know, I believe that the post office is over two hundred billion dollars in debt right now. That's two hundred billion dollars. So uh, definitely something that hasn't aged well in that respect. Um. So as we get into voting here, I do Miracle on 34th Street is a is a great movie. Um. I still kind of prefer the 90s one over this one. I I don't know. I I know I'm in the minority here, and maybe it's a a millennial thing. I kind of actually like this Grinch movie. I love Jim Carrey, and I think it's actually really funny overall. He does a great job, I think, with everything he did in that movie, kind of uh, with the jokes and the humor. And uh, so I'm going to actually – and it's so much better than the Benedict Cumberbatch remake from a couple years ago. So I'm actually going to throw a vote towards uh, the 2000 Grinch.
4: There's a Christmas movie museum located in Ohio called Castle Noel. I would highly recommend if you happen to be taking a trip there to stop. They do have a lot of the props that were used in the Grinch movie. Like they have the sleigh. They have Jim Carrey's costume. They have like the furniture that was in Cindy Lou who's bedroom. They just have a lot of Grinch movie props. So, those were really cool to see, and that sleigh was absolutely massive to see in real life. So, that was just really cool to see a part of that movie magic. However, my vote is going to go towards the miracle on 34th Street.
1: Yeah, Jim Carrey is definitely the best part of that movie. Just mm-hmm. um, a great scene overall. I am going to throw about
2: Yeah, when Natalie Wood runs into that house at the very end and has like that like just joyous moment of like just seeing that house that like she just like basically fixed like, thought of it's just that gets me every time and I'm gonna vote for Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street.
0: Yeah, I kinda saw that coming And Also a fun fact because Mercy and I went to Castle Noel together, the uh slide from a Christmas story was there and I uh pushed Mercy down the slide. Uh the the guy the, the guy who was up there at the no, monitoring the whole thing. He's like, he's like, that's uh that takes a lot of guts mm-hmm. to be able to do that to your wife. Like <laughs> he's like, most husbands don't uh don't push their wives down that slide. <laughs> but <laughs> uh well, I did, I was like, I'm like, I gotta be the only person who's ever done this, right? Ho ho ho. He's like, Yup, never heard that before. That's
4: around Christmas time. The guy who did that in the movie actually goes there and like That's what he does, just pushes people down the slide.
0: Yeah, and they say, like, he's the nicest guy in the world, but when he gets into (laughs) character, he is a jerk.
4: (laughs) They also have the RV from um, Christmas Vacation. They have um, Eddie's RV. So I took some fun pictures with that.
0: Yeah, it was a good road trip to get there.
4: Yes. So I would recommend going if you can.
2: Good promotion for Castle Noel and uh, Macy's.
0: (laughs) Maybe we can tag them on uh, uh, the—I wonder if they're on Twitter. We can maybe tag them in, get a nice little endorsement there. Mm Mm-hmm. So the second half of the bracket and number nine on it is, let me see here, Just Friends, which came out in 2005, starring Ryan Reynolds, Amy Smart, Anna Faris, Chris Klein, uh, Julie Haggerty, and Steven Root. So for fun fact with this one, there's an alternate ending in the DVD release, which is a DVD exclusive, where Chris, who's played by Ryan Reynolds, his character returns defeated to LA to find that Anna Faris has made a hit album about all their time in New Jersey. Chris then parties with three hot girls while wallowing in despair. And the three girls there are actually featured in the trailer for the movie, but in the theatrical release, we're not in there one time. So I thought that was pretty cool. And, uh, I guess a fun way to get people to go out and buy DVDs. I
4: own the DVD. I never knew that. We'll have to look for that. Yeah,
0: actually. Oh, yeah. We just watched it on uh, Netflix. Or no, uh, was it Peacock? I can't remember.
4: Whatever streaming service it's on, we watched it.
0: Okay. So number 10 on the bracket is the animated film Polar Express, which came out in 2004, starring Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, and Michael Jeter, Nona Gay, Eddie Deeson. Tom Hanks, Chris Coppola, and Tom Hanks. Um, oh, by the way, Tom Hanks is in this movie, if uh, you guys weren't aware. So the main character known as Hero Boy, his name is never actually mentioned in the film. But in books about the Polar Express, including art books, you can find that his name is actually Chris. which when, uh, It's Chris, which is also the first name of the author. So when he boars the Polar Express, the clock says 1155. So it's five minutes till Christmas and the time doesn't change throughout the entire movie until the first gift of Christmas is given at the very end of the film. So I kind of like, that's, there are a lot of clever things in Polar Express and that's one of the more clever nods too. That basically the entire, like, I think Ryan George and his pitch meeting says the best, like, is it a dream, but it's not a dream, but it's real, but it's also like you're suspended in time for the entire train trip. Um, so yeah, Mercy that's Warren.
4: <laughs> so when I think of Just Friends, I don't think of it as first and foremost a Christmas movie. There is definitely some Christmas elements in there, but in my mind, it's really not fully a Christmas movie. It's more of like a romantic comedy that's set at Christmas time. But I mean, it's a fun movie. I remember watching it in high school and everyone was obsessed with that um, Forgiveness song that Samantha, that Anna Ferris character sings, which is funny. And there's definitely some funny moments in that movie. So I'd recommend watching it, It's it's cute. Polar Express is my pick. Um, I am going to start by trashing it a little bit, though. The movie, obviously, it's based off of a book. They had to get it to a movie length, feature length somehow, so they add a bunch of like meaningless nonsense in there. And there's places <laughs> that don't actually There's parts of it that actually don't even make sense. They chase a ticket around for like five minutes. Like it just the storyline in places is very is very weak. Um, the animation is the stuff of nightmares they have like cold dead eyes and it's just the animation's scary the reason that i picked this movie is for the soundtrack it has i think great music the score of it especially the score of it especially in the part when the train's going up the mountain is absolutely breathtaking the song believed by Josh groben is gorgeous so i really like the soundtrack every year my dance studio used to put on a christmas show and in, our, in my later years, once the soundtrack had come out, we did a Polar Express portion of the dance of the Christmas show, which I always really liked. So I just really like the soundtrack to this movie, but the plot is a little thin and the animation is terrifying. So that's kind of <laughs> where we're at with the, my feelings towards Polar Express. <laughs> um, yeah, Just Friends. I remember seeing that in the
1: theaters. And I mean, I'm a romantic so I enjoyed it, and I also enjoyed it with kind of tied Christmas into it, but um, Ryan Reynolds, I'm a big Ryan Reynolds fan, I enjoy both of the movies. Um, it's just basically like he's just trying to get revenge on this
3: girl that put him in the front zone, and I'm sure a lot of people relate to it. Oh, um, gosh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, not any of us, so I don't know. But anyways, Polar Express, um, I've seen it once. It's not my favorite Christmas movie. I think Mercy, and I have the same points to it. I thought it dragged a little bit, um, but like she said, it—you know it's based off of children's books. So you have to fill it in and be like a longer movie, but it's just, it, watching it again, um, I enjoyed all of the music, but just um, not like my favorite Christmas movie when I think about nostalgic. Uh, movies that I would want
2: to watch again around the time of year yeah so uh, the box office numbers I could not find a budget for just friends um but at the box office it made about 50 million dollars so and I, I think it was like i think it was like a pretty decent it didn't say it was a flop or right, anything so I think it was a pretty decent um, success um polar Express had a had a budget of 50 million of 150 million dollars wow. so Pretty big risk making the movie, um, but it definitely worked out. So they, I think they made. I'll check real quick. Oh, of course, it just absolutely okay. Over three hundred, over three hundred and ten million million dollars. Jeez, wow. So they basically doubled their money um, making the movie. And you guys, again, once again, you guys make great points. Um, for just friends, um, Anna Ferris I thought really did a great job, mm-hmm. um, just being like the crazy. Um, the crazy girl in that movie—I think she really executed that pretty well. Um, and like I said, Ryan Reynolds is just like fun to watch. To me, it's not like the greatest romantic comedy of all time, but it's 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 good. It's it's worth a watch. I mean, it's not again as you mentioned earlier or so mentioned earlier. It's not like very Christmas is kind of like a background it's exactly. Not, like, yeah, it doesn't play a center stage in the movie. And Polar Express, yeah, I love the I love the children's mm-hmm, book. I think too. I read that like every december i mean that was a nice short christmas story and just had a lot of like um I don't know, just a lot of nostalgia just kind of like seeing the movie but the movie like you guys mentioned didn't execute it that well uh i mean there's tom hanks is okay in it their soundtrack is good scenery is good but there's just it's the story just could have been executed so much better it's, it's disappointing
0: yeah i agree and especially with uh, just friends I, I, it is a hilarious movie. I get like you know, Christmas is kind of secondary to it, and I mean, but it's still like this. It's still kind of like I think it's it's an important uh, for the story that it takes place at Christmas. It can't just be like a random time of year that Chris Brander goes back to his hometown, like Trenton. And no, you t- oh, good.
2: It's a it be, I agree. It's just a secondary yeah. aspect to it. To
0: but I also like my favorite part of that movie is if um. I don't know if this is true for all brothers, but I have a little brother and everything that goes on, we t- we've done all those things to each <laughs> other. We've slapped each other in the face and we've, you know, we've done all those things. I mean, like I laugh every single time I see that movie because it's like brothers, j- like that's a lot of times how they act, they fight, but they love each other. Like they hit each other, but then I love you. I love you too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> so I have uh, I, I, I get that with that and yeah, the brothers. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then uh, with Polar Express, I, I, I'm i like, for me, I understand why it's on the bracket. But it, it's it's a, a fantastic children's book that, in my opinion, they kind of ruin with this movie. I, I, I mean, I, I'm going to just be blunt with it. I don't like the movie. I've watched it or tried to watch it many times. It's forced. It doesn't make any sense at all. You know, like that poor little kid who's just like, I like I'm poor and I don't have I don't like Christmas because I never get any presents. And then the girl comes up and rubs it in her face, like, oh, yeah. like Christmas is wonderful because you get presents. <laughs> and it's like, how oh, that's exactly the opposite of what this kid, you know. And then Tom Hanks at the end is like, it doesn't really matter where you're going on a train as long as you get on. It's like, yes, it does matter where you go on the train. Like, <laughs> you kind of that's the point of transportation. <laughs> so i'm sorry it's just i i mean like i uh i I, this film actually makes me angry (laughs) so uh i'm obviously going to give my vote towards just friends
4: (laughs) so the same thing happened with i think polar express that happened with the grinch movie they took something that wasn't meant to be any longer than what it already was and added a bunch of filler to make it longer to try to capitalize off of it and it obviously didn't work out in their favor the polar express could it could have been great like it's a Very good children's story. Um,
0: The music was good, too. I'll give you that. The animation is
4: terrifying. Yeah. Um, The plot is, I'll admit, the plot's annoying in places. And they invented a bunch of characters, like a weird hobo ghost that lives on the top of the train. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, But to me, it still gives me more Christmas vibes than just Friends does. So I am going to throw a vote to Polar Express, even though I spent most of the, my time talking about it, tearing it apart. <laughs> I am going to throw a vote because I really do enjoy the music to it. And I think this that's one case where the score was used really well within the movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I
1: thought Scott put Just Friends on the bracket. I think I even threw my vote to that, just rethinking it and if I wanted to watch one of those movies over again, it would
2: be just friends. So that's uh, my vote. Yeah, this is a really like tough one, but I'm actually I, I agree. I because Polar Express was so disappointing, I'm gonna vote for Just Friends. Just it's it's a little bit more enjoyable to watch for me, even though Polar Express, like you said, mercy has a lot more Christmas vibes.
0: Yeah, maybe Just Friends overall doesn't go on to win anything in this I mean I'd be kinda of surprised if it does. But Over Polar Express, it just it, it feels like it's such a like as I, I oh, think it's
4: nightmare fuel. Yeah, is what it, it is?
0: It was such a missed opportunity. It really was. But I it's mean,
4: nightmare fuel that has a good soundtrack.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but uh, like if it, if it, oh, I mean, I don't think. I mean that that uh, I, I I could rant about it more, but I won't. We're gonna move on. <laughs> All right, just like we're gonna move on, just like just friends moved on, and go into movie number eleven on the bracket, which is another Netflix flick called Holiday which came out in the year 2020, starring Emma Roberts, Luke Bracey, Kristen Chenoweth, ah, I said her name right, Frances Fisher, and Alex Moffat. So Emma Roberts' character pulls a sheet over her mouth in the film to guard against morning breath and not kissing in the morning. To the love interest there, uh, Luke. Uh, Julia Roberts' character does the same thing in the movie America's Sweethearts. This wasn't a coincidence. Emma Roberts was simply following in her aunt julia roberts footsteps i did not know that that they were related and they are
3: i did oh
0: aren't you special and the 12th film in the bracket is well not a film it's a special called frosty the snowman which aired in 1969 starring jackie vernon billy DeWolf, and jimmy durant so jackie vernon who voiced frosty was kind of an unusual choice at the time because he was known for his drab comedy and X-rated jokes. And also something that we kind of realized or were watching, like thinking about when we watched that uh, special, was the kids going to school on Christmas Eve was actually pretty common up through the mid-1960s. Kids didn't really get much of a winter break, I guess, like we do today or they do today. So uh, we have Frosty the Snowman versus Holiday. Mercy Warren.
4: So Holiday is a Netflix movie that I actually was able to watch from start to finish. Um, so it kind of follows a bunch of holidays, not just Christmas, because the concept is that they um, date each other on holidays. So they don't have to go and find basically out of convenience. So they don't have to find dates for these holidays. And of course, I mean, natural progression, they end up falling in love, but it kind of starts and ends on Christmas. So it kind of follows all the holidays that happen within that year. I mean, it's a cute romantic comedy. It's I would say it's. I would liken it to a Hallmark movie as well, except for it has definitely more edge with like swearing, some sexual inferences. So like- I,
2: would, I wouldn't go a Hallmark
4: movie. Well, that's that. why I'm saying it's more edgy. <laughs> yeah. And, but it like has the same like predictability of a Hallmark movie. Like you kind of know where it's going to end at the beginning. You kind of know, yeah. oh, they have this arrangement. They're going to fall in love. Like you kind of know what's going to happen. But at the same point in time, like, so I mean, I guess maybe Hallmark wasn't the be- best way to liken it to, but it's just very predictable, but it's just way more edgy. And I couldn't remember where like the mom looked so familiar and I couldn't think of where I knew her from. It was the mom from Titanic. So I thought she, that,
0: she aged pretty well. She too. looks
4: exactly the same in my like in my mind. I'm like, I knew I could place her. But so holiday, it's worth a watch. It's cute. It's predictive. It's predictable. Whereas Frosty goes. That was never my favorite holiday special. I mean, so it's been a couple years since I've watched it. And I mean, it's just okay. It's not my favorite holiday song. And it's not my favorite holiday special. The magician's annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I like the bunny though.
0: All right. You guys are up.
1: my movie that i put on the bracket um just thinking of movies that we haven't talked about and i remember liking it a lot and watching it during COVID. um and i think we watched it actually this was a movie that we watched together mr Lawson. because usually you don't like the falling for christmas we watched separately because it was like oh i'm just gonna watch that by myself so um but yeah holiday is a cute movie um pretty predictable, like said, and uh, just a different kind of Christmas movie, like Mercy said. It has edge, it has, it has, it's just the young people and what they're going through in their lives around Christmas time, different holidays, so it's worth a watch. And then Frosty, um, I do like the song that goes with it, it's, and I, it's, I mean, I think with a uh, baby loss and i think we'll give it a, a another watch when cheese up and uh, but i get, like mercy said it's just not my favorite anime movie i've got a Christmas special to watch over it but gotta
2: catch you something to it so yeah i mean the holiday um has really like on it's like a 45 percent on rotten tomatoes 41 percent audience score i just don't understand why people don't like this movie
0: right like, it wasn't yeah, bad yeah, it's,
2: I think I just think it's like underrated, honestly, because like it's it's basically two people that are single on holidays, and they basically just bring each other like they, they become each other's plus one, mm-hmm. and that kind of like carries on through the year. I don't know romantic like, oh, comedy. I kind of like this one, uh, so I don't understand the hate for it. So honestly, I would strong I would strongly recommend if you want to watch a romantic comedy, I would strongly recommend this one. It's pretty fun. Uh, yeah, and then Frosty um not the best of the sort of holiday specials i mean we had some better ones on the last bracket but it's still a i use the word we use a lot, a classic you know and and I, I mean there's the there's a couple songs in there and the magician is annoying but i think i can i think he's so annoying it's funny to me so i, I it's an enjoyable short little special
0: yeah agreed and um let's get into voting here my only thing with holiday was it was really good it was a lot better than i thought it would be it wasn't a traditional kind of holiday or christmas movie which i really liked it was a little bit more raunchy and i thought the jokes were really funny but the one thing like the storyline thing that kind of bothered me was like the the whole family knew that that's like the holiday thing that they're only having together for the holidays like like that defeats the whole purpose of doing it in my opinion it's like it's supposed to be you're trying to trick the family i thought but they all know that's what they're doing, so it's like, what's the point of even? I mean, I don't know. It just, it, it was like, what's the point of even going? Like, if you're that, like, that, uh, that upset about going to holidays and stuff with your family, then just don't go or something, or go. I, I don't know. It just, it kind of defeated the purpose to me. But I'm reading into it a little bit too much. I thought Emma Roberts was really good, and uh, I, I didn't really think of her as being able to carry a movie, but she, she really did. She kind of carried that movie, and I, I thought she did great in it. Agreed. Okay. So probably gonna shock anybody who's uh older than a millennial here and I'm actually gonna throw my vote towards holiday it was better than I thought frosty's I grew up with frosty too like I'm sure a lot of people did and maybe we we're losing some people here just for me voting for holiday over frosty but I mean it's not bad but it's it, it it's I feel like everybody just says it's a classic and it, it is in a way but that I mean classics aren't always that great either or, or I mean whatever but I'm, I'm not gonna defend my my choice too much. I'm just going to go with uh, Holiday over Frosty right now.
4: So, I actually really liked Holiday as well. My one thing would be, my one note would be a little less Kristen Chenoweth.
3: Yeah. She was oh,
4: kind of like forced in your face, and I feel like they overutilized her to the point where it was mildly cringy. Probably because
1: she was like, i know a robber. She's probably like the second most you now I
4: had a guess, that's sorry. true and i actually do like Kristen chenoweth when she's used correctly i just felt like they kind of really layered her on thick in this movie and she was kind of became a little annoying to me but other than that like holiday was a good movie and like i said frosty just isn't my favorite so my vote's gonna go to holiday as well
1: yeah i'm also gonna go for holiday uh I enjoyed it so much. I put it on the bracket for everyone to watch. But yeah, uh, it's
2: worth a watch for sure. I'm gonna vote against my own pick of Frosty and vote for the holidays. Oh it's underrated. A clean sweep. Of clean sweep. Our, our
0: first sweep of the bracket too. And anybody out there who's kind of shocked by that, maybe go give Holiday to watch. Maybe it's not for you, but at the same time. It, it that's why this, this bracket is kind of madness sometimes. I mean, like, you, you have two things that are pretty different going up against each other, but Holiday was surprisingly good. I actually liked it a lot. So that'll get us into the final quarter of the bracket and film number 13, which is the 2003 movie Love Actually, which starred a pretty big cast here. I, I don't have them all, but I have uh Hugh Grant, Liam Neeson, Laura Linney, Colin Firth. Emma Thompson, Martin Freeman, Andrew Lincoln, and Keira Knightley. So, fun fact about Love Actually is the lake where Colin Firth is swimming was actually only 18 inches deep, and they had to pretend that it was in much deeper water. That was good acting. It was also overrun with mosquitoes. Colin Firth was bit so badly, he had an allergic reaction and had to go to the hospital after filming. So, he, he, must, he powered through it. I, I give him uh, some credit for that. And it goes up against the 14th film on the bracket, which is another Netflix movie, The Christmas Chronicles, which came out in 2008, starring Kurt Russell, Darby Camp.
1: 2018.
0: Oh my gosh, you're right. That is correct. 2018, starring Kurt Russell, Darby Camp, Judah Lewis, and Oliver Hudson. So when I watched this movie for the first time, there was something so shocking that happened in that film. And uh, it really upset me. It upset me so much as a baseball fan. So when he's in the restaurant there in Chicago, the mint condition Mickey Mantle rookie card given to the man in exchange for his Porsche, that was his wife tore up in front of him and now it's worth nothing and she rips it. I audibly screamed when I saw that. (laughs) I I was like, I was shocked. That was one of the most shocking things I've ever seen in a movie. And I almost had to turn it off. I was like, "I, I, oh.
4: I was upstairs putting clothing away, and I heard him scream."
0: I, that really, that was like getting stabbed in the heart. A mint condition Mickey Mantle rookie card today's value would be almost three million dollars. I don't know how much a Porsche is worth, but I don't think even in just the 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 trans or whatever the value of it. Oh, like uh oh. mercy, Warren, save me.
4: Okay, so love actually is an iconic movie it's 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 one of those movies that has I think in my opinion too many people in it and too much happening and too much going on that's easy to lose track of the storylines but it's still a a solid movie it has like iconic scenes like the Christmas with like the card thing like say it's carol singers and stuff so like it's a solid movie just in my opinion there's maybe a little too much happening and there's too much you need to follow um, Christmas Chronicles. I will admit, I have seen, I have only seen it once, and that's when it first came out. Um, I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's your stereotypical cr- Christmas movie.
0: Eh, it's a little different, though. I wouldn't say te- I wouldn't categorize I mean, it as stereotypical.
4: The, their father has passed away, and the and the brother and sister are having trouble getting in the Christmas spirit. They're not getting along, and Sienna shows up and kind of
0: maybe gets, the premise is, but the journey is a little yeah, different. Yeah,
4: and tries to get them back. And show them the meaning of Christmas, and show them that their dad is still with them, and all that good stuff. Of course, Santa gets arrested because that seems to be a thing in Christmas movies. Arresting Santa is a thing people love, apparently. Yeah. So, I mean, there's stereotypical Christmas elements. I mean, but as far as it being a direct a Netflix made movie, I think it's a very it's, it's well done, and they did make a sequel to this movie, which I have actually not seen, so yeah, I, I, seen I yet, can't either. endorse that. But <laughs> Lawson's.
1: Um love actually was, was my pick. Um it's it's my favorite Christmas movie. If I had to be honest, I do agree. It's got like a phenomenal cast, but there is a lot going on. I mean I do like watching two great lists, and I think <laughs> my favorite part is actually when he's trying to find he's like realize he really it's this girl that works with him, and she's trying to find her house and like the, the house that those like three little girls live in. And then he just starts like singing Christmas carols, and then they just start like randomly dancing. Like, that's actually my favorite part, but um, it's a good movie. Uh, it makes Alan Rickman look not very good, which I don't like that. What been, um, but. It is definitely full of Christmas. Definitely worth a watch. The little boy like running through the airport at mm-hmm. the end. is Definitely cute. Um, it's a cute Christmas movie, and I like. I keep saying worth a watch. Um, Christmas Chronicles, Netflix movie. Uh, also a really good cast. I think it also has the guy from New Girl in it, which I enjoyed seeing. And um. It was new to me. I hadn't seen it before, but I actually really enjoyed it. It's got a lot of, like, seems like a lot of adventure to it, too. And, um, like, not your typical Christmas movie, but it is, you know, for the holiday season. It's really good. I actually really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, so Christmas cr- Chronicles, being you know, a um, Netflix movie doesn't really have a box office associated with it. Love actually had only a forty-five million dollar budget, and it made over two hundred and forty million dollars at the box office. So, huge hit. Um, Like you guys mentioned, a ton of the big name actors has some funny moments in in it. I agree. I I don't like that Alan Rickman's kind of like not portrayed very well. Agreed. Again, like you guys mentioned, it's like they just they just collected all the actors and actresses, and they didn't write the best. Script at all for it, and that's kind of what bothers me about that movie. Um, Christmas Conicles, I just like watching Kurt Douglas as, as Santa and um, Kurt Russell, Gold- Kurt Russell, yeah, yeah, and and Goldie Hawn is like the um, Mrs. Claus, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's Claude, like, yeah, and in a very real life, like it's just and it's like you said, it's a different, it is like pretty standard Christmas movie, but there's some, there's a lot of humor to it, which I think is is, is different. It's a little bit of an adventure. I mean, it's I, I enjoyed watching it. I think it was a fun movie overall.
0: It, it was better than I thought it would be. I didn't really have much expectations. But at the same time, too, Kurt Russell, I know he likes to sing, and he does, like, that Elvis thing, whatever. I did not. I had to fast forward mm-hmm. through that part. I could not. I, I, I'm not on board with Kurt Russell singing. And then the whole thing at the end, too, where he basically, like. And like,
2: he was rough
0: yeah and yeah the end yeah those like at certain points too like when when uh teddy he's in that gang and like he gets captured by the gang in chicago and the elf is coming at him with a chainsaw like what was he gonna do with that chainsaw i mean that was disturbing like he was going right in the oh and then and then you find out too at the end he's like oh i didn't need the hat at all during the whole movie i could have just like like what what was the point of that then like you, you like I don't know, like, and then the, the, if there's if they don't deliver presents, then Christmas crime goes up. So he was like risking, like, just I don't know what the point of that was. Like, he's risking people's lives and crime on Christmas and making things harder, like, because people don't get presents. Like again, too, it was this I didn't like the message of, like, if they don't have the presents, then they like crime's gonna go up, and it like the last time he missed Christmas, it started the Dark Ages, and so a lot of things oh. with that movie bothered me. <laughs>
1: Movies. An interesting
0: very yeah. very flawed and i'm gonna give my vote to love actually um i i i've seen love actually before i watched it with mercy warren and it was again better than i thought it would be i really i really didn't want to watch it but i, I i'm glad i did um i thought the guy in the beginning like the, the, he's trying to sing he's trying to like adapt his song into a christmas song yeah. and he keeps screwing up like that was kind of like oh like after that part happened i'm like okay this could actually be an okay movie and like mr lawson said flawed but and not perfect but um, definitely better than Christmas Chronicle. And so I will give my vote towards Love Actually.
4: So like Scott, I think Scott used a good word for it. Okay. Like Love Actually, is it's an okay movie. Like a lot of big names. I also don't like how they portrayed Alan Rickman in that movie. I think he did well with what he was given, but they make him into be like an adulterer who like cheats on his wife, Emma Thompson. And like, yeah, it's just not my favorite movie. I'm actually gonna throw a vote to Christmas Chronicles.
1: Um, but I'm gonna throw my vote for love actually.
2: Yeah, it's close Although I I enjoyed watching love actually a little bit better but these aren't these aren't too I'd be, I'd be rushing out to see because there's others on our list that I would prefer.
0: Yeah and still no tiebreaker yet. I thought that was gonna be our first tiebreaker. We'll have to let uh we'll have to mention our VIPs at the end and give them a shout out and see what they picked because I'm kind of curious to see um, what their top movie was but we'll get to that. After we get to the final two movies on the bracket, which sees the number 15, another special on our holiday bracket, which is Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which aired in 1970, starring Fred Astaire, Mickey Rooney, Kenan Wynn, Paul Frees, who also played Santa in Frosty the Snowman, and Robbie Lester. So Mickey Rooney, who played Santa Claus in this film, uh, played Santa Claus several more times. Several more times in his career, he also voiced Santa Claus and Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July, which came out in 1979, and the sequel to um, a, uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, A Miser Brothers Christmas, which came out in 2008. And it goes up against the final film on this bracket, which is 8 Bit Christmas, which came out in 2021, starring Neil Patrick Harris, Winslow. Begley, Begley, Steve's on June Diane Raff, Raphael, 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 June Diane Raphael, Raphael, sure, oh. and Sophia Reed Grant Zert. A lot of like Hollywood names there. <laughs> um, so, fun fact about 8 bit Christmas is despite the Nintendo Entertainment, Entertainment System, the NES being the focus of the entire movie, the whole movie is like focused around getting that video game uh, system. Not a single game developed by Nintendo appears in the movie. Um, I think they kind of pigeonhole themselves a little bit by making it into the early '80s. Just in general, with that, I think they should have said it in the early '90s. Just because, uh, more, I, I'm kind of surprised Nintendo didn't give them permission to use any of those games, or however it worked. Um, but I don't know. It was, uh, but either way, <laughs> a big Christmas against Santa Claus is coming to town. Mercy Warren.
4: So this one's a tough one for me because neither of these are my favorite, truth be told. Um, Santa Claus Coming to Town. Um, in the fairly saturated realm of clay- Christmas claymation specials, this one is not my favorite. It has some solid moments, but for me, it's kind of forgettable, in all honesty. Like, I remember, like, there's the wizard, I remember Winter the, Warlock. Yeah, the Winter Warlock. Burger Meister, Meister Burger. <laughs> um It's just kind of forgettable to me. It's not my favorite. Um, 8-Bit Christmas, it gives me Christmas story vibes um, because they're going for like the early 80s thing. They have the Neil Patrick Harris voiceover. Um, It's all about his um, endeavors to try and get a Nintendo. But I like this, how this subverted expectations in the end that you learn that you can still have a really great Christmas without getting what you really want he was so convinced he wanted this Nintendo and he went through all these links to try and get one. He actually had one for 2.5 seconds before a guy hit by a bus. <laughs> but um, And then in the end his father had built him this like really nice playhouse and that ended up being more important for him and then he ended up buying the Nintendo himself after. So I kind of like how they did subvert expectations and you can still have a great Christmas even if you don't get what you asked for. And he ties that back to his daughter not getting a cell phone for Christmas. So I mean I kinda like the message there, but it just kind of was it just screamed Christmas story, which is also not my favorite. And there was just such like a long journey of just for him not to get the Nintendo at the same point in time. And I don't like the when the Nintendo possessed him. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, kinda of like what Ricky said. I
1: uh... Both of these movies are my favorite. Glad I have seen them and watched them. I have never even heard of The Ace of Christmas until um, Scott and Mercy put on a bracket. But it's just kind of a different, you know, it brings technology and video games into the story. And I, I like Mercy said, I feel like the message that it's not that gift, but the gift that the father got for him that meant more to him, so that's like a really nice message, uh, and then, uh, Santa Claus Coming to Town, uh, we use uh, classic nostalgia, and, um, you know, it's, you know, when you look back, there are so many Christmas specials, and animated Christmas specials that are, like, just okay, in my opinion, it's, it's got a couple of catchy songs, and, um, the whole how he had to get over the mountain, and then he had to meet the burgermeister so that sets up the plot. But both well,
2: okay in my opinion i this movie. Okay. So this is tough because I actually really like both these. So I I was the one that picked Santa Claus's come in the to town. Um, to me I just like I think I just watched this as a kid a ton. I always really enjoyed it. I like seeing like the winter warlock. You know, at first he's like this really scary character and at the end, he kind of, like, ends up helping him, like, execute, like, the first, like, Christmas. Um, he goes to, like, basically what's basically, it seems like a really sad just German town that, like, for some reason, like, the leader really doesn't like Christmas. And, you know, it kind of, like, basically builds an origin story to Santa, which I think is really fun. It kind of, like, it kind of shows, like, how he got, like, his reindeer. It shows, like, his connection with the animals, um, the magic wizard or Winter Warlock, uh, depending on which, what part of the movie you're watching. The fact that he kind of, like, lends his magic to Santa kind of, like, explains um, Santa. So I think it kind of, like, it's kind of just, like, a fun origin story for Santa to me. And it's got, like, a couple fun songs, put one foot in front of the other. Um, Santa Claus coming to town at the end. I don't know. I just really, to me, it's just one me and my brother really just watched a lot. So I think that's probably the why I picked this on the list. But the other movie is good, too. I mean, that's a good movie, too. And I really like how it's, like, it's an 80s-themed movie, um, kind of, like, with the Stranger Things. It's kind of, like, fun to have, like, those, like, nostalgia 80s back into that movie. And, like, so the mix of technology, Neil Patrick Harris. So, like, they're both – I recommend both these movies pretty highly, actually.
0: Yeah, and for me, I put 8-Bit Christmas on this bracket. And – because I do, like, Neil Patrick Harris, and I thought it was good overall, but for me – There was such a missed opportunity at the end of that movie because overall it was supposed to be a comedy, and then at the very end, when you find out about the end spoiler alert here, uh, you find out about like the dad is dead or something. Yeah, but for me, I think like like as again too, it's just such a huge missed opportunity. Is when like after they did that, and then you see his empty place at the dinner table. I think it would have been just so more impactful and funny if like they like if they had that you think he's dead. And then he, he, they pan over to the right, and he's he's got his tools or whatever, and he's working on the house still. you know So it's like 40 years later, he's still working on the house, and he's still there. And go and they're like, just sit down at the table already. That was such a huge missed opportunity. And even though 8-Bit Christmas was my pick to be on the bracket, if they had done that, I would have voted for it. It would have made the movie so much better. And instead, I'm going to give my vote towards Santa Claus has come to town. Uh, I do get the whole thing of like wanting the video game and... You know, going over to the one kid, like the rich kid's house or whatever, that has like all the fun toys and everything. And I mean, I, I, I get that. But Santa Claus coming to town. I, I do like it. I think it's funny. It's got a good message. And uh, and uh, it, it makes the Germans. It's funny because like in that movie, like or in the special, the Germans, like if, if you're bad, you have a German accent, even though it all takes place in the same area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But if you're if you're not bad, you're like you have like an English accent. So that's <laughs> like I thought that was a funny nod in the whole thing. Um, but yeah, the Burgermeister Meister Burger, I thought it was a like an interesting villain, you know. Um, and kind of an original villain too. So my vote's gonna go to uh Santa Claus is coming to town.
4: So I think what they were going for in the eight bit Christmas, because I agree, like it would be nice to have like the father alive and like him be able to work on the treehouse with the granddaughter. Yeah. I think what they were going for probably was like um time is precious and you have to spend time with those while they're alive and make those memories i get that they will last longer than like the time that you had with a super nintendo so maybe that's what they were going for but i agree that i wish that the grandpa that the father was alive at the end
0: yeah because i get what you're saying that's that's, i get that and they could have made that point with and then had the misdirection at the end and that would have just won me over i mean it's I, i i just i I, I, just yes. a, I mean, for me, that's all I can think about now with that movie is just what a missed opportunity to do that.
4: Yeah, like, so I think that's maybe what they were going for is like cherish your loved ones was kind of the undertone of that. But I would say like, like I said in the beginning, neither of these were my favorite, but I think I'm going to throw a vote to 8-Bit Christmas. Lawson's. <laughs>
2: So Mrs. Lawson is gonna vote for Santa Claus is coming to town, and if you couldn't tell by my earlier description, I am also gonna vote for Santa Claus is coming to town. That's just, but I'm I'm very biased in that that's special. That's just like a nostalgia one for me. And yeah, the Burgermeister is a funny villain who's not like obviously it's a Christmas movie, so it's not too too actually villainous at the end, but. Um, and the fact that you know it's it's in Germany, which is where Christmas kind of originated, so it kind of is on brand there for again the origin story of Santa.
0: Yeah, and I, I like too at the end of it that he's kind of he's he's older and stuff. But they uh, don't I think like if I, unless I'm me- remembering this wrong, don't they still like bring him a gift or something like that, and he kind of reforms a little bit at the end. Yeah, he, he comes
2: around at the end.
0: So. Yeah. So I mean, it, uh, it 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 that's it's one of the good uh, I, it's one of the good ones from back in the day. So. All right, so that is all 16 movies, but we're not done yet obviously. We have to find a winner. And so we're going to go into a quick voting now and go back to the start of the bracket and start seeing some new combinations of uh face-offs here. And so we will see Arthur Christmas go up against Garfield. Um so Arthur Christmas was like I said better than I thought it was, but Garfield is still too nostalgic for me and short wrapped up in a nice bow. And just a warm, you get a real good, warm holiday feeling after you watch that. So I'm going to go with Garfield.
4: I'm actually going to vote for Garfield as well.
2: So Mrs. Lawson is going to vote for Garfield. And I am going to vote for Arthur Christmas. So Garfield advances.
0: All right. Happy Monday. Oh, he hates Mondays. All right. So now we go into the next part of the bracket again. And see Spirited go up against Miracle on 34th Street. Well, Spirited was my pick to be on the bracket. I'm going to have to give it to Miracle on 34th Street this time around, even though I didn't vote for it the first time. And it, It's clearly the better movie. And while I do respect in a way what Spirited did, the overall acting story, everything and uh, message in Miracle was so much better than Spirited.
4: Well, I do give props to the songs in Spirited as well as the choreography in Spirited. My vote's going to go to Miracle on 34th Street.
2: Clean sweep as the Lawson's vote for America on
0: 34th Street. Good afternoon to you both. (laughs) All right, so now we get into the second half of the bracket once again and see Just Friends go up against Holiday, two actually similar movies separated by over a decade, probably 15 years here. And between the two, while they're both not traditional Christmas movies, I think Just Friends is funnier and better acted. I mean, the cast in it... So many big names. And, uh, again, the, the relationship with the brothers is just what kind of sets it over the top for me. It's just, again, especially around the holidays, I, I still slap my brother around or grab him from behind and throw him to the ground or something. So, And, uh, and there's nothing he can do about it. Ha.
4: My favorite joke from Just Friends is when um, he's on the phone. And his mom tries to get on the phone because it's a landsline And she's like trying to call her friend Joyce. And she's like, oh, honey, what are you doing at Joyce's house? Well, <laughs> I have you. What would you like for dinner?" Like, it's funny when you watch. It's not funny when I explain it. But it's funny when you watch it.
0: I like when she's got the toothpaste in her mouth and goes, blueberries. <laughs> I stole <laughs> you, joke.
4: <laughs> yeah, I like that part, too. Um, so just friends. This is a tough one because there are similar movies. I think I might throw one for holiday though.
2: So the
0: Lawsons are actually going to also sweepingly vote for Holiday. Oh. All right. Well, sometimes the better movie does not win, and this is part of that case, too. No, I'm just joking. It was... I do like Holiday. Don't get me wrong. So we go right back to where we were, and we see Love actually go up against Santa Claus is coming to town. Um... (laughs) This is a tough one. (laughs) So... I think I'm going to go with Santa Claus is Coming to Town still over Love Actually. Just like we've said before, Love Actually, it it was better than I thought, but it is flawed. It's kind of all over the place sometimes. Santa Claus is Coming to Town is just, it 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 it, it does feel nostalgic and uh, it is it is classic. I know we say that a lot, but I'm going to say Santa Claus is Coming to Town gets my vote.
4: My favorite joke from Love Actually is when at the very, very beginning... Emma Thompson's character's daughter is telling her that she got cast in like the Nativity play, and she asks her a part, and she tells her the third lobster, and she's just like, there was more than one lobster present at the birth of Christ. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's funny. Um, my vote's actually going to go to Love Actually in this case. I'm also
1: going to
2: vote
1: for Love Actually. I agree
2: with Scott. It's kind of all over the place, mm-hmm. but I think it's entertaining. Wow! And I am going to vote for Santa Claus come coming the town
0: so we have a tiebreaker here our first tiebreaker of the episode and with that we are going to take a quick break because we actually do have to stop recording here for a second (laughs) sound (music) strike All right, and we are back. We will use IMDb scoring right now to break the tie that is Love Actually versus Santa Claus is Coming to Town. So if anybody's listened to our our, uh, TV roulette episodes of Christmas, they know that Mercy Warren has predicted how I usually go about with the scoring of IMDb and the tiebreaker. So let's see if everybody remembers how it goes. Love Actually got a 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Okay. santa claus has come in the town the difference between the two scores is 0.1 point wow. so it's just a difference of one point santa claus has come to town seven point it's either a five or a seven because of 7.6 it's
4: on prices right now
0: <laughs> come on down mercy warren with santa claus has come to town 7.7 out of 10 hey. one point higher than love actually So Santa Claus is coming to town, gets the win, and moves on into the semifinals where it is one of the four finalists to be the best Christmas movie or special of 2022. All right.
2: Push it over the top.
0: That is right. So now we see Garfield versus Merkel on 34th Street. I'm going to stick with Garfield here. I really think it is a great holiday special that – is is timeless i mean i really did enjoy that special a lot so garfield gets my vote over miracle on 34th street
4: while garfield did a really good job in create in creating a great christmas special it is really good it has good songs i'd recommend to watch but i am still going to stick with miracle on 34th street as my vote
1: i think i'm
2: going to vote for garfield just unbelievable <laughs>
1: 34th
2: Street, good movie. Just hear about it. I I'm gonna vote for Miracle on 34th Street. We have to go IMDB because I feel like the people <laughs> well, need to wait well, in in on this ridiculous a- tiebreaker. I Garfield <laughs> for
4: on <laughs> Only on our podcast could Garfield could a Garfield special have a potential win over Miracle on 34th Street, which is a Christmas classic.
0: Alright, well let's see which one goes on into the finals here. Because both of these movies are specials, highly, highly rated. And if we know what this one is, we'll know that, uh, between the two of them, we'll know where uh, Santa Claus is coming to town stands, too, if it makes it into the finals. But, Garfield Christmas special, 8 out of 10 on IMDb. 8 out of 10. Miracle on 34th Street. Also... Once again, a difference of one point.
4: It better be 8.1. Miracle on 34th
0: Street, 7.9 out of 10.
4: <laughs> I would like to point out that the Garfield Christmas Special does not have a dedicated area in one of the world's biggest apartment stores. Just throwing that out there.
0: See, Miracle on 34th Street is good. It is good. I will give it that. But again, too, I don't know if it's 100% perfect. And
4: well, nothing's 100% perfect. Garfield's
0: pretty darn close. Garfield, John
4: and Tom, John Boy are the most annoying people ever. <laughs> it's a good show. Her- don't get me wrong. Percy,
2: Percy and I throw a strong protest
4: in this one. I, I, have, I, have I have feelings about this. <laughs> like not to take anything away from Garfield because it, it, it was good. It was really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I just feel like Miracle on 34th Street is one of those things that should not be beat out by a cat show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you simplify like that again? Too anybody a show live- about a
4: cat who eats lasagna beat I- Miracle on 34th Street.
0: Any anybody who's listening to this, it like go like honestly, you might be insulted that Miracle on 34th Street just lost right now. Go back and watch Garfield. It's free on YouTube. It is worth the watch. You will have tears of joy at the end of that movie.
4: I mean, I won't say their tears of joy. I mean, it's heartwarming. It's a it good show. It's I'm not taking anything away. It's good. I just in my mind, I think that the people got it wrong. But that's what this podcast is. That's, though. That's, so it
0: is. That's, but so. I mean, at the same time, to have so much in that in that special without it feeling rushed. And it it has like this 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 nice pace of the episode, and there's no conflict in the episode at all. There's there's absolutely no conflict or worry or trouble or villain or anything at all in Garfield, and that's except
4: for I, John Tom, John Boy.
0: There's like they're not that's villains. Just your but they're annoying. They're, they're like they're, they're like they're going they're back there.
2: Villain,
0: I yeah, I mean they're just going back and trying to recapture. They're not villains, yeah. but
4: they're acting like babies.
0: It's just it's just a real heartwarming. And solid Christmas special. I mean, it's it's really, really good. And I, I recommend anybody go back and watch it right now. It is well, free on YouTube.
4: Well, I disagree with the people. I'll take it on the chin because that's what this podcast...
2: I, I am tumors. Yeah. Is. Yeah.
4: Like, I disagree, but it's all good.
0: All right. So we see Holiday going up against Santa Claus is coming to town. And I'm actually going to throw my vote towards Holiday in this scenario. Um, which is it seems kind of surprising to do that. But Holiday is made more so for me, I believe, going forward. And I could see maybe as anybody who's not a millennial, you know, kind of being shocked by that. But Holiday was surprisingly good. And I will give the edge to Holiday right here just because it kind of surprised me on how solid it was.
4: My vote's going to go to Holiday as well. This is Lawson. It's going to
1: vote for Holiday. All right. I'm gonna
0: vote for Santa Claus coming to town. And I'll <laughs> lose you never. All right. So, with anybody still back here with us, <laughs> if anybody is still here listening to this episode, we get into the final two, and we have Carfield Christmas Special going up against the Netflix comedy Holidays uh, this time around. And this is uh crazy. enough, this is Mrs. Lawson versus Mrs. Lawson here. Wow. So <laughs> stealing the thunder of Mercy Warren and her, she got the win last year and uh, Christmas, but now this year, Mrs. Lawson is guaranteed a win. I am shocked <laughs> that
1: these two movies actually made as far as they did.
0: I mean, I, I still think just friends is better than holiday, but um, that's just my opinion. But between these two, Garfield is going to get my vote over holiday. After everything I've said about it leading up to this point, obviously I think, uh, Garfield is something that I was so glad. I never would have thought to put it on this bracket. I'm really glad that it uh, it made it on because it brought back a lot of childhood mem- memories for me and uh, I, I was and, and I did I, I'll admit I, I had a couple uh, tears too when Garfield found those letters from uh, the deceased uh, grandma's uh, husband. So Garfield gets my vote.
4: So if you listen to the TV roulette episodes, um, you will learn that Mercy Warren likes to spite vote on occasion. And this is one of those times I'm going to spite vote against Garfield and vote for holiday.
0: <laughs> oh no. Wow. Spike. Really, really know. going against the Christmas spirit here. <laughs>
1: Christmas. <mercy. laughs> um, I'm sticking with Garfield Christmas. It's gone this far. Let's take it to the championship.
2: <laughs> I want to do one more IMDB score. So I'm gonna vote for the Holiday over Garfield. But we know a, I wouldn't say a spite vote but a semi-spite vote
0: Well, we know what Garfield is.
4: Yes. So I mean we it's know a Gar- high score.
0: Garfield is a high score. Can Holiday take down Garfield? So Holiday. If you turn this number around, shockingly, it would have been a 9.1 out of 10.
4: So it
0: got a 6.1. It got a 6.1 out of 10. <laughs> It's almost uh, two I, full I, points. I,
4: I figured that it was when we knew Garfield was eight. I figured. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I still advocate that Miracle on 34th Street should have made it to the we got finals. Got our hands in the air, jumping up and down.
0: Wow. So, well, no, I'm curious. So, for our VIP listeners out there, would they have agreed with this, or how would they have done this?
2: Uh, no, they definitely would not have. Field to be the top top choice at all. They were Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Uh, they, they that probably
0: would have won for them. Okay. So uh, what was their what, what was their top rated movie?
2: Miracle on Thirty Fourth. Well, it was Street. okay.
0: What was their bottom one? I'm curious.
2: I don't think they hadn't seen like um, a couple of the movies. Um, like the um, just friend, just friends. They actually really liked, and they liked the Taylor Thomas one. They they hadn't seen like the Eight Bit one. Like so they. That didn't
0: make their list. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, that is the episode. Garfield Christmas Special is the winner of this bracket. And uh, last year, uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it, it was uh, It's a Wonderful Life was number one. I I think it's probably makes sense. Yeah. I think it's probably pretty safe to say that uh, Wonderful Life would beat Garfield this time around, though.
4: Just like Miracle on 34th Street should have. But it's okay. I'm not bitter.
0: Yes, you are. You just said you (laughs) spite-voted. Well, I'll
4: get over it.
0: (laughs) All right. So we also, I think, for this scoop, have our long-awaited review of the Starbucks holiday drinks from Mrs. Lawson. Mrs. Lawson, you have the floor. Oh, my
1: goodness. Long-awaited. Yes, awesome. So uh, so as we know, maybe some don't know, the Starbucks come out with these seasonal drinks. And it was my mission to try all of them. And so I rated them from 1 to 10 Christmas trees. I'm going to do Christmas trees as my rating. <laughs> so um, I'll start with the sugar cookie iced latte, which I got with oat milk instead of the almond milk. I rated that an 8 out of 10. Did you try that one, Mercy, at all?
4: I have not. I still really want to though.
1: Yeah. I had they didn't have almond milk at the location that I did went to, so I got oat milk. I think I would have done that anyways, but let's see. I also tried the creme brulee latte. And I rated that a nine out of ten Christmas trees. That was actually my favorite.
4: I do I do like that one. That's really good. Yeah. What
1: was oh the irish cream cold brew which not too holiday in my holiday in my opinion but it is on their list mm-hmm. and i rated that a uh, 6.5 out of 10
4: i'd agree with that yeah
1: and then peppermint mocha i did try that one too peppermint's like not really my favorite flavor um but i do like mochas, so i rated that a 7 out of 10
4: Peppermint's I, not my favorite either, so I, I would agree with that.
1: Yes, and then um, I think I'm missing one—the chestnut. Praline. praline. That one was just okay to me too. I think I also rated that a uh, seven out of ten. Christmas trees.
4: I have not had that one. Yes. So all in all, they
1: were all pretty good. Um, I the creme brulee was definitely my favorite. That mm-hmm. one was top tier. Um. I think my favorite one, honestly, the Dunkin' Donuts cookie butter cold brew. Go get it. uh I had to get cream in mine, and it was quite delicious.
4: It is so good, the cookie butter cold brew. I've actually reordered. I think I've gotten it two or three times. It is so good. Like give it a minute to let that foam like settle it down into the drink. Drink and it is so good. Ten it's out of ten. Like
1: the little like crumbles on top mm-hmm. and the um yeah definitely let that settle or get it with cream inside yeah. But uh delicious that i wish it wasn't
4: seasonal up.
1: i wish it wasn't seasonal either i would get that like all the time yeah i would
4: drink that all year long so and you get
1: like the same caffeine like if you if you're a person like me who needs caffeine you get that same like
4: you yeah. know yeah i would drink that all year long they Need so, to put that on the menu all the time.
0: Yeah, listen up, Starbucks. Two white ladies it's that Dunkin'
4: that... Donuts.
0: Oh, that was oh, okay. I'm yeah, so sorry. I wasn't...
4: Cold, Bruce Donuts.
0: Okay. Listen up, Dunkin' Donuts. Two white ladies, which accounts <laughs> that's like that's that that means like twenty million other white ladies all want the same thing. So <laughs>
4: Exactly. Everybody <laughs> I've spoken to who's tried it really liked it. Yeah,
0: okay.
1: same,
4: same. I've yeah. referred it to multiple people.
0: Okay. All right. And, oh, yeah. uh,
1: if this helps with uh your ordering i'm glad to have done the research for you <laughs>
0: right. i'll take I'll, we'll take a gift card to dunkin donuts if they, uh, they want to cuz yeah obviously it also sounds like in a if we made a bracket out of coffee or something like that or uh, drinks dunkin donuts got it over starbucks then with that one that would be great yeah <laughs> be- all right yeah and uh, to close it out i guess also too we talked about this in the past uh, uh cecily strong i guess is leaving saturday night live so another uh cast member uh, leaving
1: that was surprising that was announced I think the same day or like the day I think it was the same day that that was announced from what I saw and I didn't believe that she was on there for 11 seasons although wow yeah yeah she hasn't really been there that much these last couple of seasons you know, another person that uh, has been there a long time is leaving
3: yeah. It's
4: like they're overhauling themselves, but um, Cecily is strong. She wasn't always my cup of tea, she had a pretty singing voice, but like for me, sometimes her characters just weren't my favorite. But um, she was there a whole long time, so
1: yeah, yeah, a lot of her characters and like voices all kind of sounded the same to mm-hmm. me, too, mm-hmm. but. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we yeah. haven't really, last season I feel like we watched a little bit more this season, like, this past episode with Austin Butler, we didn't get to, we really didn't watch it. We haven't uh,
4: watched it yet either.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, so, well, we, oh, go ahead, the, sorry.
1: We enjoyed the Martin Short, uh, Steve Martin episode. Yeah, so I was, was just about to say, long
0: that's, long. that's been our favorite one in a long time, actually. He, he, that That one was, like, start to finish really funny.
1: Yeah, we usually, like, wait the next day or a couple days after to watch but
0: that was one that we watched like the same as like as it was happening yeah i think did we yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. we waited till the next day to watch it just we we like to fast forward through commercials so yeah speaking of commercials we have uh more sponsors to go no i'm joking we don't have any more sponsors (laughs) we'll wrap up the show here
4: sponsors proving itself right now
0: yeah that's right oh yeah that's right yeah our cat (laughs) is uh
4: christmas decorations as we speak
0: (laughs) effing s up as we say she likes to f s up now she's trying to open up
4: christmas presents
0: yeah she is all right so everybody out there thank you so much for being with us this was a blast we had another fun holiday season with you hope you all check out all these specials and movies out there uh there are they're all really easy to find too i don't think we really had a lot of trouble finding any of them so find us on rd3productions at yahoo.com facebook twitter we have a new some I knew I guess still at this point round four brackets uh, Twitter handle run by Mercy Warren so check Mr. Lawson and myself over on our round three speak podcast we're going to be coming out with more episodes of that going forward Uh, definitely want to get some more of uh, that content out for you until then everybody have a wonderful happy new year Merry Christmas and uh, I got nothing else uh, Lawson's do you guys want to close on anything
1: yeah just happy holidays from the Lawson's hope everyone stays safe and hope it's um very merry uh holiday season
0: exactly so,
4: uh, merry christmas
0: merry christmas well said so with that said mercy warren anything you want to say
4: merry christmas to all and to all a good night bye and happy new year <laughs>